Welcome to Season 4 of the M-W Tactical Podcast. Sit back and enjoy the conversations of Rockstar Burst and myself, Michael Woodland, as we discuss the sport of shooting, goals, training, community matters, and everyday life. You are listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. All right, good people, we're back at it again, and thank you for joining us for another installation of the M-W Tactical Podcast. This week's show is brought to you in part by Hunter HD Gold. Hunter HD Gold's slogan is, they change so you don't have to. And I can actually say that I am a big supporter and believer in these glasses. Now, you can go back to a couple podcasts ago, whereas I was talking about these glasses. And the one thing about it is the first time I tried them, I didn't get that wow factor that everybody was telling me about. Then after about a week or so, it hit me in the middle of a match. And then I was driving in the rain with these glasses on, and it just totally blew my mind. And I'm also one that suffers from a lot of headaches and migraines. And I can actually say the more I wear these glasses, it cut back on those headaches and migraines as well. So I'm a firm believer in it. I'm not getting paid to say this. And trust me when I tell you, these glasses really work. So here in a few weeks, Rockstar will be able to tell you her experience with the glasses as well. So take our word for it. But if you will, head on over to HunterHDGold.com and check out the line of the gold and the red that they have to offer. I can't honestly give you an honest assessment on the red, but Brian has been opening me up to try the reds, and I really don't want to because I'm in love with the goals. I don't want to wander from the goals. So that's just my personal take on it. But come to a match, join me at a match. And if Brian is there, I introduce you to him and you can try a pair of the red or the goals and see what works best for you. But that's, of course, a major match. He only does major matches, so he never does local matches. So that's just how he is. So don't hate him. But head on over to Hunter hdgold.com send him a message and tell him you want to try out the glasses and see what he will work out for you so this week's sponsor is hunter hd gold my man brian once again if you watch us on youtube please go ahead and hit that subscribe button because once we hit 1000 subscribers we're going to be doing a giveaway now all the sponsors on the show that you hear throughout the commercial break will be donating something for this giveaway. So go ahead and tell your friends, family, and loved ones that they have an opportunity to walk away with prizes from the sponsors. Now, of course, if you will, like we said earlier, just go ahead and hit the subscribe button, hit the bell notification on how you want to get notified, and it will help us out a great deal. If you listen to us on Spotify, you also have the option to watch us during the recording. So that is actually cool. So if you're on Spotify, check out that, send me a message, tell me what you think of it. Or you can just head on over to YouTube and watch us do the same thing. So there you have it. But we do appreciate everyone who listens to the podcast. So we did get a few emails last week when I was sick. And 
everybody was like, like, what happened? I didn't get a notification. Okay, so the, the story is out. I was sick. That's what it was. So you already saw the last episode where Rockstar was laughing at me because I didn't give her a hard time. So it is what it is. I'm back in full swing now. Listen to the voice. I am back in full swing. <laughs> so speaking of Rockstar, we're going to go ahead and bring her in right now. And we're going to hit up a couple of talking points as always. So as I always do, I got to bring her in the right way. The one person who I nag every day, nonstop, hacking to the computers, going up to her job, throwing eggs at the building and run, just giving her a straight headache for no reason. That is my job during this season to give Rockstar a headache till she just said, I can't take no more. So without further ado, bringing forth the lovely, the beautiful, the insatiable, the smart one, the co-host of the M-W Tactical Podcast, Rockstar. What's going on there with you, Miss Rockstar? Oh, I'm good. And you're right. You do nag me too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, as long as people don't write me and say, hey, give her, don't give her such a hard time, it'll be all good. <laughs> we don't want the pity party for Rockstar not to have a hard time. <laughs> we all troll patrol status. <laughs> Yeah, so um, how was your week? How's everything been going? My week has been really good. I had a really cool opportunity earlier this week, and I was at a conference a few weeks ago, mm. and I met um, a guy who works for Turning Point USA, which is a conservative outreach group that uh, Charlie Kirk is the guy that started it. And they've done um, a lot of really good work, I think, over the years. And Candace Owens was tied to them for a while now. She's kind of branched off and does her own thing. But okay. she was, you know, in that. And there's been a lot of very powerful voices that have kind of come through that um, that platform. So I, I met this guy at this event and um, we got to talking and we had just a really good conversation. We are Instagram friends now and just kind of kept the conversation going. And um, he had mentioned, he said, hey, uh, I was talking to one of my um, you know, colleagues and kind of told them a little bit about your story and what you do and what you're up to. And I'm uh, going to get you in contact with one of the producers and they might have you on the show for a little bit. And I was like, what, really? Like, that's cool. I'm like, he's like, yeah, he's like, I don't, you know, I, I'm leaving it in their court. If they reach out, they reach out. If not, you know, I still, you know, like what you're doing, blah, blah, blah. And I just kind of left it at that. And then about a week later, I get a text message. Well, I got a phone call and I was at work and it was an Arizona number. And I'm like, I know some people in Arizona, but everyone that I know down there, I have their number in my phone. <laughs> That's exactly the same thing I do. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, who is calling me? And then they texted me and it was this gal. And she was like, hey, MJ, I got your number from our contact at TPUSA and you know, he mentioned that I get in touch with you. Just give me a call when you get a chance. So that was at like 1215. I was about to go on lunch. I texted her back. I was like, I will call you when I get on lunch. I look forward to chatting. So I called her and she um, just kind of asked me a couple questions and asked, you know, if I would be willing to share part of my story and um, all that good stuff. And uh, I was like, yeah, I'm like, when are you looking to have me on? And she was like, well, we're trying to see if you're available afternoon oh wow <laughs> last minute notice huh? <laughs> okay <laughs> i'm 
I'm like, I can probably make something work. So I, yeah, so I had like a 10 minute segment. So TPUSA has like a live show that they do and they bring in different contributors kind of from all over. And yeah, I just kind of had a 10 minute segment. I got to talk to them and talk a little bit about, you know, why I believe what I believe, some of just the hot button items. I gave a shout out to this podcast, which was cool. I got a shout out. Yeah. So <laughs> know about that. And uh, yeah, so that was that was kind of a really exciting um, little thing that happened this week. So so and I posted if you want to watch it, it is on my Instagram. It's the only or it's the newest post that's on my page. So you can watch it's like a it's like nine minutes and some odd seconds. So yeah. Hey, that's it. I'm gonna go check that out. I'm glad you told yeah. me about that. <laughs> now I won't nag you for the next day and a half. <laughs> you earned a day and a half of peace. Yes. <laughs> man but that's um that's good news to hear um that they actually reached out to you like that but i've also said that your story is interesting and i think what they well somebody should do is put some form of a documentary together that blends in different people who are 2a supporters but the path of how they came into the 2a was so different but it's just that one mission linked everybody together. Right. I think I think that would be an interesting story because um, even think about it, look at Danny's story from um, Defense of Unicorns. Yeah. Right, how y'all two are on two different ends of the spectrum, but the storyline is still meshed in well together. Yeah. The same thing with Hustle Queen, right? right. Um, and I just found out recently that she was part of the sex trafficking, like, some friends or people that were supposed to be friends of hers drugged her up and everything and the only reason I know that is because they just got finished doing a movie and they did the premiere portion of it in Hollywood and I saw like a clip of it and I was like oh man I didn't know that but I never talked to her about that either you know because I know she went through something but I didn't want to bring it up right because she was always opened up and talked to me but yeah. it was it was always like information of like, hey, get USCCA for the insurance reasons. Um, it's only this amount of month. You'll be okay. Hey, link up with these people. They live close to you for his training. You know, like we we had legit conversations, but I never wanted to dig into a personal life. But I didn't know she was open to talk about it either. Like, cause you yeah. know, like sometimes those reoccurring conversations can bring back bad memories and everything, and you never really know how that affects people. Um, but I, th- I think that would be an interesting documentary of some such to do. That would be cool. Yeah, yeah. she actually was up in Milwaukee. Uh, I don't know. I want to say it was over the summer, maybe like the early fall. Um, mm-hmm. Argo J put together an event up here and she spoke at that and it was like her telling her story and it was just really cool to, I mean, obviously what she went through was terrible, but it was really cool that she's used something like that to really overcome and um, bring light to the 2A community and be an advocate and a voice for people who have gone through sex trafficking. And I I just feel like what she has is so powerful and so valuable because, you know, she she was a true victim of something very horrible. And now she has found a, a way in a community to really protect herself and to spread that message to others, which I think is really important and really cool. Oh, yeah. So I know that movie is going to be shown in select theaters. I just don't know what theaters it's going to be shown in. 
But if you get a chance to look it up, it's called Surviving Sex Trafficking. And um, it it was some people, some heavy hitters in it also. So it was like about four or five different ladies that was on their panel of um, talking points, if I remember correctly. But um, that little bit of a clip that talked about it, it was enough to draw you in. So I said, I'm actually going to go look and try to find it when it's actually released and see what it's about and um, give my input and support a friend of mine. Yep. So I do want to go ahead and continue our talking points as we've been doing for this whole season. And this week, I want to talk about every town for gun safety. They strike again, you know, <laughs> so we'll talk about what they actually done. And then I want to talk about another article that I came across that was talking about the ghost gun ban in the Maryland area. And it's the new norm that people are not talking facts when they're talking something so crucial as decisions that's going to change the way people's lives can be altered, especially with self-protection. Right. And then um, the third part of the show we're going to have an interview with my buddy Rod Mills from Jacksonville South, South oh, oh my goodness I'm butchering this all up. <laughs> I'm so used to saying South Carolina I said it like 30 times a day like different places I went to go talk <laughs> but my buddy Rod Mills out of Jacksonville Florida and uh, how did I even mix Florida and South Carolina let's let's keep Florida down in Florida South Carolina is great how it is compared to Florida right now <laughs> but um the third portion of the show, we're going to have um, an interview section with my buddy, Rod Mills, out of Jacksonville, Florida. And his company, we're going to talk about his training firearm company. It's called Scorched Earth Firearms. So head on over to Facebook and Instagram and check them out. Like and follow and actually give them a hard time and tell them Mike told you so. So hopefully he hasn't heard this part of the show yet. So... <laughs> But let's go do it. Give him a hard time. Go shut down the Instagram and um, make him smile. Go make him smile. <laughs> but let's dive into a quick commercial break and come on back and um, start these discussion points and see how we're going to save the world this week. All right. So if everyone will, please take the time. If you're driving in your vehicles, hit the cruise control. Lay your seats back, adjust your sunglasses because the sun is out down here in the south. I can't speak for the north, but down here in the south. <laughs> Turn up the radio and hear a few words from our sponsors. Are you in need of a new firearm and are planning to make your purchase online? Well, you're going to need a federal firearms licensee or FFL to receive shipment of your purchase, to process your paperwork, and to conduct your background check. CAE Transfers is your affordable FFL solution with a cost of only $20 per item or $15 per item with the presentation of your South Carolina Concealed Weapons Permit. If you live in Columbia, South Carolina or its surrounding areas, choose CAE Transfers as your FFL during checkout and let me help you complete your online gun purchase. You can find and follow CAE Transfers on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using at CAE Transfers. Thank you for your business and let me know that MW Tactical sent you. Mental Health and Guns. At Walk the Talk America, we're working with both the mental health community and the gun industry. Created by a gun industry veteran, 
Walk the Talk America seeks to raise awareness and create change through suicide prevention and firearm safety without legislation. We strive to eliminate the prejudice that firearms and mental health face. For more information and to support Walk the Talk America, please visit walkthetalkamerica.org. Hey everyone, John from Outdoor Dynamics here. We're a remanufacturer of ammunition based in Kannapolis, North Carolina. We make everything from 9mm 115 grain to specialized 40 Smith & Wesson. So if you have anything from an open gun to just a standard Glock 19, feel free to reach out to us at OutdoorDynamics.net or we're on Instagram and Facebook with Outdoor.Dynamics. And we're always here for you. Happy to answer any questions you have. All right, good people. We're back at it again. And thank you for sitting through that commercial break. If you will, please head on over and give those sponsors a shout out and let them know that you heard about them through the M-W Tactical Podcast. Now, before the commercial break, we actually said we was going to have a talking points on a couple um, points that's been taking place in the news. And the first one I wanted to hit up was every town for gun safety. And the way I titled it was they strike again. Now, this is an organization that is anti-gun. So they want to remove firearms from the hands of Americans because they actually believe that it will make America a safer place to live. I don't believe that, all right? Because history already tells us what's going to take place when you remove firearms from the people because the government is going to take over. (laughs) That's it. Easy mathematical equation right there. Now, what actually ended up taking place, there was a company in Nevada. They was previously known as Jimenez Arms. And if you actually go back and check out Hank Strange's Who Moved My Freedom podcast, we talked about this firearm, and this was probably about two or three years ago on his podcast. And this company, they ended up closing down and rebranding them, rebranding themselves as JA Industries. Now, some city officials and every town for gun safety actually came out and said that this company is responsible for the rising violent crime rates in Chicago and Kansas City. Let me ask you this, Rockstar. Have you ever shot a firearm from Jimenez Arms or JA Industries? No, not that I know of, but I'm pretty sure no. I can actually say, well, I can't actually say this. The one firearm that I shot that was a Jimenez Arms, my personal opinion was below a high point. So if they're using this firearm <laughs> in these places, Chicago and Kansas City, and this is the cause for violent crime rising, the criminals are hurting because that gun is going to jam up on you. It doesn't function properly, <laughs> at least the one that I had. And I did everything, took it apart, oiled it up. I was trying to do everything to get that thing to work as it should. But I could only get one shot off before a malfunction would happen each time. You know, so not saying that one firearm is based off of everything else that that company produces, because I never looked up the company to see 
what all they made and what all they produced. But I do believe that is another false way to push your narrative by saying something like that. Right. Yeah, it sounds like crime rates should have gone down. <laughs> I would think. <laughs> I would think. But um, I, I think if they was to get real true stats on that, I don't see that taking place because I have yet to see a Jimenez being sold in any of the gun stores that I frequent here in South Carolina. I have yet to hear anybody really talk about this company as, hey, this is an upcoming company or budget-friendly company or anything like that. But are the politicians and this organization setting down the groundwork for a new way of approaching legitimate firearm companies that are in operation today. So. Yeah, that could definitely be um, the case. I feel like if we look at what Chicago is doing though, I don't think that their crime rate has anything to do with this organization. I think it has a lot to do with their terrible mayor. And I think it has a lot to do with the fact that they have very strict firearms laws. Um, which makes it really hard for the average citizen to keep themselves safe and really easy for criminals to manipulate the black market. So I think that might be one of those situations where you can't just look at how you feel about something, but you should actually look at the facts behind the laws that are currently in place. Um, I, I, I doubt that that is happening. Um, also, like this is an interesting case because yes, obviously, it, they could be setting a precedent. But also, I do think that as firearms owners, um, we shouldn't want companies doing like, they shouldn't be operating this way. I'm not happy. I hate the ATF. I, you know, I, all of the alphabet organizations could disappear overnight, and I wouldn't lose any sleep over it. Um, but as far as what's going on in this case, I mean, here's a company that File, filed bankruptcy and then rebranded itself and then started selling products again that from what it sounds like were fairly lackluster and not that great to begin with. And I'm not saying like, I mean, I'm very pro-business and I, I like capitalism for the most part, but you know, here we've got this company that is not great at doing business from what it sounds like on multiple fronts and they're not making a good name for themselves and they kind of made themselves an, e an easy target for this lawsuit so which is bad because right now you've got this precedent that's set but it's also bad because as firearms owners we should expect more from people who are making guns in this country like we shouldn't have these people that are just kind of screwing around filing bankruptcy doing things illegally it's like why would why would i want to do business with someone who is jeopardizing the second amendment and you know making the gun community look bad so that i feel like that's a, another issue with this situation. Um, I think we kind of have, as, as firearms owners, do have sort of a responsibility to call out these bad businesses and not support them. And you know, I don't want them to get shut down by the ATF, obviously, but I, I don't like seeing people doing shady business because that's, it's hard enough already in this country to be 
uh, in the two-way community, there's a constant barrage of attacks and it's, uh, it's only getting worse. So we want people who are doing things ethically and doing things the right way and who are good stewards of firearms and who are, you know, not trying to just make a buck off of selling a gun like they should be actual, they should be investing in the two-way community. Um, and I don't, it doesn't sound like that's what this company is doing. It sounds like they're making subpar products. They're doing business, not in the best manner. And they're, they're just kind of dragging the entire idea of the second amendment through the mud. So, um, I mean, I'm not thrilled with the outcome also, you know, I don't want to see shady companies leading the charge in the, in the two-way march. Right. And um, those are all valid points right there. But how about one of these firearm companies spearheading the charge to actually speak with city officials, government officials, in regards to coming forth to the sweet median? Because as we already know, you already got one side that's and we got to get rid of the guns. The other side is, no, we need to keep our guns. But nobody is talking about how it's affecting the middleman. You know what I'm saying? So you got the top people on this side saying what they want, top people on this side saying what they don't want. But the people down here don't really have a true say-so in it. Right. You know, so <clears throat> very confusing um politics are very deliberate but we already know it's a trade-off too when it comes to um dealings with politics as well because it's one of those hey i'll scratch your back on this bill that you want but you gotta scratch my back on this bill that i want and i don't think that's fair because the district or whoever is your politician in your area that you voted for so you're the constituent of that politician. Now, you're supposed to be able to voice your concerns to that person, and he's supposed to take the mass of what everybody wants in that area as, hey, look, even though I don't agree with this, but this is what my people want. You know what I'm saying? And that's how it should be, and it's not going like that. Because we already know right now, um, you can go into Congress right now, like, you can bid to go ahead and become a representative Congress sentence. And if you get elected, by the time you get out, you're going to be a millionaire. You go in broke, you'll be a millionaire when you get out. You know, <laughs> so is that right? You know, so when is it going to be back for the people? You know what I'm saying? Because right now it's greed and personal gain. And this is a prime example of it right now. You know, so... I think this is um, the 2A movement. It is a great cause that the government and the people can get behind because I honestly believe we should start off with community involvement on both ends, you know, whereas safety classes can be given to the people, right? Introductory classes, you know, how many people are going to be new to firearms because look at how the system has used certain maneuvers and certain tools to put people behind bars. Yeah. You know, so 
let's use this as a training tool to get people educated. So even when they know somebody's doing something wrong or they see something, they could be the de-escalation of what could possibly become the worst situation in that neighborhood, in that city, in that town, so okay. forth, you know, moving forward. You know, so that's my spin on it. So I'm still waiting on, you know, the people that are anti-gun to say, hey, let's honestly have a sit down and come to a median because we do understand if you take, you get rid of all the guns, life ain't going to be what we expect it to be <laughs> or, or how we know it to be. Yeah. Know? I don't think they will. I don't think they're, I don't think they're the people who are diehard take away everyone's guns. Like they're, you can't reason with them and you can't argue with them and you can't change their mind. Like they're not, they're going to keep chipping away until they get what they want. And I feel like that's, that's with a lot of issues that they've just pushed and pushed and pushed. And there's, you know, we're sort of like the resistance and we're, we're holding the line as good as we can. But I mean, even in the, you know, if you look since like the 1900s to present, we've given up a lot of gun rights. Yes. And um, basically when you turn around and you look at it, it's all about gain. Like we said, political gain, because that is what the power is. And of course, wherever the power is, the money is slowly following. Right. You know, so it's one of those type bills. So how do we get ahead of this? This is where it takes people truly getting active with their local government. And when I say truly getting active, this is going to your city hall meetings, writing your congressman, your senator, your mayor, you know, um, everybody, the district judge, you know, and expressing your viewpoints on the concerns of however the two-way march is happening in your area. Right. You know, so that's my spin on it. That's my take. But what else do you have to say about that? <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I mean, yeah, I, I think there's, there's definitely a need for people to get out into the community and like that, that's the thing like activism doesn't have to like people hear that word and it's it means something different to everybody right but like activism doesn't have to be um <laughs> you know this like big crazy thing where you're leading marches of 10,000 people or you know knocking door to door for miles at a time right it doesn't have to be this like giant elaborate thing that you're doing to call yourself an activist. I mean, I think even something as simple, like I'll post on my Instagram stories, like, Hey, I'm going to be going to the range. Does anybody want to come with me? And, you know, like mm -hmm. sometimes people do, sometimes they, sometimes people will be able to, sometimes they're like, Oh, I can't make it this time, but you know, I'd love to shoot with you in the future. Or, you know, I'll just get other questions about, what gun range should I go to? Or, you know, what I'm looking to, to get a, a new pistol, or I really am looking into to shooting, um, you know, something I haven't shot before. What do you recommend? Or how do you get started? And I always tell people I'm like, well, the best way to try anything new is just go to a range. I mean, most ranges have rentals, and most places will let you try out a pistol. Um, and, you know, there's this whole 
a misconception that women need to shoot small guns and yes. all these like it's, it was the same thing in the motorcycle industry they're like you should go on you should you're a woman you should ride a sportster and i'm like well that's stupid because horses are super top heavy and women's strength is not in their upper body so why are we selling them sportsters um there's lots of parallels between the two industries it's very interesting but yeah i always just tell people like so i like a couple of years ago i took my friend or yeah my friend trista and two of our other girlfriends we went to a range um kind of up by my hometown and she i don't even remember what she got some little it's a tiny little handgun and she got it because she got her ccw and she's like oh like it's tiny but i haven't shot it before it wasn't <laughs> like, her okay. men's arms was it <laughs> no. just checking just checking <laughs> she got into cabela's it was on it was like one of those like they had a deal going on that if you bought something else you got like 50 dollars off this little handgun right and um she took it to the range and she's like she's like wow this is like a lot of kick i'm like yeah it's like a tiny little firearm like it's gonna do that and she's i'm like do you want to shoot my glock and she was like she's like yeah she's like are you sure i can shoot it i'm like yeah like you can shoot it like it's the same motion <laughs> from, your, from your tiny little pistol that you have and uh and she shot that and she was like oh my gosh she's like this is so different she's like it's so much easier to shoot and i just feel like i have so much more control over it and all these things and it was just interesting because it you know she didn't try something out before she bought it and um i just i i feel like people should do that like if you're gonna make that purchase or if you you know even if you're not gonna buy it it's still fun to go try other firearms and see um you know how they handle and if, if they fit you better and you know add it to the vision board for later <laughs> yeah but i'm also a firm believer in um whenever you bring somebody new into firearms you have to give them the history lesson also so i'm a i'm a big believer in you got to understand the why how something operates to get a better understanding of it just yes. because you say put your hand right here why do i got to put my hand right here and then once you get the whole breakdown of it it makes more sense and now because of how I like to break things down on the technical aspect, I feel it will make me a better operator holding that firearm. Yeah. And of course, when I say the history lesson of firearms, yes, you have to start off from back when um, slaves were bought into this country, right? You didn't own anything, you just worked. And then of course, when slavery um, ended, now, you know, you're living with your family on your own and have to provide, you know, get a job like a regular citizen. But the way the laws were, you could only have one firearm in your house, handgun or a shotgun. You know what I'm saying? So, okay, is it for survival or is it for protection? Right? You had to make it do for what it was worth, you know? And then even bring it forward, you know, past that into the civil rights era. Right. Martin Luther King, he tried a number of times to get um, concealed weapons firearm and he what look at what he was doing on a national level and he was declined every time. <laughs> you know? yeah. So um, and like I said, once you understand like history with firearms, it will make perfect sense as to what's going on today, you know, and I'm just not talking you know, like a black or white issue. I'm talking 
when you look at how the narrative is shaped up and how it revolves around certain matters, you know, within the 2A movement today, right? some of the same issues that we're dealing with today are like repeat issues that was happening back in the 30s and 40s, <laughs> you know? So um, you got to be, you know, you got to understand the history because what's that old saying? If you don't um, study history, it's bound to repeat itself. Yeah, you're doomed to repeat it. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> I always like the story of Nat Turner, and um, yes. I don't know. Yeah, I Very feel interesting. like. Yeah, exactly, and like like people always all these freaking whatever liberals, yeah. progressives. Well, they they try to turn it around to be about something else, and they right. don't want to tell the true intent of the story. <laughs> exactly, and I'm like, all y'all folks who are like, oh yeah, you know, we can't have guns because they're whatever, insert your stupid anti-gun slogan here. Yep. And, um, but I'm like, okay, all these people who are like, but we're, you know, we believe in Black Lives Matter and we support people. And I'm like, y'all know that like Nat Turner uh, was a slave and he was owned by white people and you know how he got away from them was that he had a firearm and he started a rebellion and he got his freedom mm -hmm. so like don't tell me that you're for black freedom if you don't support firearms because that's really how like uh you know freedom started so i i like to use that example well, a lot let's yeah, let's not say let's not say black freedom let's say suppression mm. <laughs> yeah bring it into the modern terms <laughs> But um, let me ask you this right quick. What is your knowledge on ghost guns? Or what do you feel and what do you think of ghost guns? I mean, well, okay. So like a couple, I don't know if it was on Vice or what channel it was. I don't own a TV. So I, it's, you know, when I watch TV at my parents' house, with usually watching it with my brother because he's into all the weird conspiracy stuff that I'm into. And I'm like, oh, do you want to watch this? <laughs> I'm like, sure, what are you watching today? <laughs> uh, I like Vice. I like Vice. And, <laughs> and I think it was Vice. And um, they had a... Um, an episode on about ghost guns but they were i think they were making them in australia they, it wasn't in america that they were talking about them but and then years ago i read an article um in mother jones because i do still try to read like you know i try to be well-rounded and read things from all different perspective and perspectives and spectrums and i think they were making ARs don't quote me on that but this guy basically did a class and he you know it was a, a hobby making firearms class and they got the kit and they put it together and he's like yeah he's like I built this gun and it's completely untraceable and it's you know like a thing that I can I can do and uh it was kind of interesting because he was like not a 2A guy and he went through this class and um and built this gun but um as far as it like being a problem, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you talk about the rise of 3D printing and like being able to do all of these things. It's like at some point, um, like the government can't control it. And that's what they're mad about. I mean, they're mad that they can't keep track of what's going on and that people have found a way to outsmart the system. And it's like, you know, this entirely different mar I'm going to even say the black market it's just a different market that they are uh mad that they can't get their little grimy hands on it <laughs> well, look at look at weed how they are right. um, trying to regulate weed all right of course if you regulate it and uh, you get the stores to do it properly 
right? It's still on that gray lawn, but guess what? You got to pay taxes on the money that you right. make. <laughs> you know, so it's it's one of those type deals right there. So, um, but some of the stuff people are saying about ghost guns and my personal opinion, I don't believe ghost guns are that popular yeah. as they're making it out to be, or they're that, you know, influential in crime because it's easier to get a regular Glock Smith and Wesson, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's, it's too easy to get it on the streets. So yeah. You can't tell me a ghost gun is easier unless you well, obviously if you got a 3D printer and you're doing it up yourself. But yeah. there's still too many other factors of doing it from a 3D standpoint that you got to take into consideration for it to even work properly. Right. You know? So um this one article that um I sent you also is from um WTOP News. And this right here actually you know, like the article actually quoted a lot of stuff that the senator was saying in regards um, to the ghost gun. And I'm sitting there like, okay, you're saying it, but what is the facts to back it up? And I think this right here falls into the whole BS that the media is doing, whereas they say something and everybody just runs with it. Nobody's right. fact checking anything, you know? So, This one paragraph actually says, during a press conference aimed at clearing the final hurdle for the bill banning ghost guns, Maryland Senator Senator Suzanne Lee said the surge in ghost guns is a dangerous, dangerous public safety threat. They don't have any serial numbers, they're not traceable, and they don't require any background checks, Lee said. And they're used as weapons of choice for violent criminals domestic abusers, those who are banned by law from having guns, and most disturbingly now, they're easily accessible by kids who are even more savvy at assembling them. You know, so, I mean, I I don't believe that. You know, so I think what she's doing is she's just trying to lump in a lot of stuff that's already been said, negative stuff about firearms, and trying to just apply it to ghost guns now you know? yeah um because like i said um and i proved this to somebody beforehand you can walk around walmart and make a bomb and a firearm in walmart just with the stuff off the shelves right it's easier to do it at home depot and lowe's <laughs> you know so when you look at it from that standpoint you know what i'm saying like what you're trying to say people are just stupid or people don't really know how to do certain things you know so like like i said this right here doesn't make any sense to me but this right here is the roadmap to what's to come next you know what i'm saying so you get this and now what's the next thing you want to grab for because technically if you build a firearm like at your home as long as you're not going to um, produce it for sale you don't have to have a serial number on it. And that's law, right? You got to go through the um, the procedures to let, you know, like, hey, look, I, I made a firearm, this out or another, because now it has to be yours. You know what I'm saying? But like I said, a lot of this stuff that's going on, it's 
it's garbage. It's garbage. Like they're just spitting out garbage. Well, right. Because like I was, that's funny that you said that paragraph because that's the one that I was reading <laughs> to. And uh, she's like, well, they don't have serial numbers. Okay, that's fine. But how does having a serial number stop a crime? Mm-hmm. You know, and then they're not traceable. Okay. But again, how are you tracing a regular gun with a serial number? Uh, someone uses it at the scene of a crime. How do you trace that? How do you find that person? How do you how do you find that criminal? What what's the difference? I don't think there's a difference. Um, they don't require any background checks. I don't know about you, but the people that I know that are uh, criminals um, don't really care about background checks. They're pretty good at finding ways to skirt the you know skirt the issue and um, find workarounds in the to get things that are illegal to them. Um, and then this one, she said, they're the weapon of choice for violent criminals, domestic abusers, and those who are banned by law from having guns. Well, okay, violent criminals, maybe, I mean, maybe, but I still feel like you're most likely just to get guns from the black market or for a gang, or you steal them, or, you know, you do other things that criminals do. And then for domestic abusers, I have a hard time thinking that domestic abusers are, are, are building ghost guns in their house and then using them to commit domestic violence. Maybe not, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I could be wrong, but I just don't feel like that's like, doesn't really go hand in hand. And then on those who are banned by law from having guns, again, the criminals, the ones who aren't following the laws, how is the, how is the ghost gun the weapon of choice? They're already not following the law, so why wouldn't they just go get a gun illegally? Why does it have to be a ghost gun? It would just be any gun that they can get their hands on. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> not quite sure where she's going with that. And this last one, okay, this last one I might, I might give to her. I might. Um, so they're easily accessible by kids who are even more savvy at assembling them. Now, I will say that the younger generation is really savvy with technology and all these things. And you know, if, if anyone was going to you know, 3D print or you know, create this sort of like large scale operation, it would probably be someone who was techno- technologically savvy and could do some. So, so maybe that one I would give her partial credit for. Um, but like by and large, she's just using basic talking points and slapping them on the ghost gun situation and again it's the same thing regardless of whether or not it's a ghost gun all of these things are just they're 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 just opinions and they're very hard to quantify i don't think that any of them are actually like valid points because what people who pass all of these gun laws fail to remember ever and it's not just gun laws it's basically any law that's trying to legislate morality ever uh criminals don't care you could pass every single law on the book and there are still people that break the law and it just like blows my mind that like we're not i i don't understand this thought process of like well we're just gonna make it illegal i'm like has anybody followed the war on drugs for the past 40, 50 years? Like how's, how's, how's that turning out? Drugs are, you, you realize drugs are illegal, right? Like they're, they're very much not legal in the United States, but there's a ton of them. You can get them pretty much anywhere. So I don't know. It's, I just have a hard time following their reasoning. Well, the one thing that gets me is, is the fact, and let's just, let's reverse what you have said, right? Criminals don't care. But that's the reverse side of that is, okay, you're doing all this 
for to take away guns and to come up with all these laws that have been on the books all these years, the only person you're hurting is the American citizen who is doing the right thing. Right. You know what I'm saying? So once again, it's average American citizen that has taken the brunt of all these punches, right? Because, oh, these guns are violent, right? They was in all these crimes. I don't go out and rob banks or rob people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now, I know some people that used to do that, you know, in their life, but they don't do that anymore. But half the time they did it, they didn't have a firearm with them. You know, um, certain places like Virginia who got crazy gun laws. If you shoot somebody above the waist, you get more years in jail than you do if you shoot them below the waist. You know what I'm saying? So once again, you got to understand the science of the body and understand certain places you get hit, you will bleed out faster in the lower extremity than the upper extremity. (laughs) Game over. Yeah. So um, like even when you turn around and you look at it, we're not using common sense on a lot of stuff around here. Right. But at the same time, you got to understand how the system was designed and it's working the way it was intended to work. Like when you really sit down and you think about it, you know, right. so crazy, it's crazy. But these claims, oh my goodness, man. Like, <laughs> I really don't know what to say other than when is the honest discussion going to take place, you know? And I think I might just go ahead and try to spearhead something like that, <laughs> you know, sit down with a couple politicians and try to get them to come to the range, you know, with a couple of my other buddies that are firearm instructors. Yeah. So they can actually see and hear the same thing being said by different people in different languages. You know what I'm saying? Because basically what I'm saying is, you know, like my one friend, Chris, he doesn't speak like I do. My other friend, Ken, he doesn't speak like I do, but we're all saying the same thing you know, on the safety front when it comes to firearm as to what you can do legally and the best practices to employ this firearm, you know? But yeah, somebody who's paying $200, $300 for a class over a weekend, you know, those those are not the people that's going out here robbing people or doing crime, right? you know? But- Exactly. I know we should get David Hogg on, see if he'll uh, chat firearms with us. Oh, they never will. They, they, they would never, like the David Call people, they would never talk firearms with people who do this day in and day out. Right, because they get schooled. Exactly. And that's the main reason why, because yeah. regardless of what you say, there's a fact that's going to shut down that myth. Right. You know, so it's crazy. It's crazy. So there you have that one now you had one more point that i I wanted to bring up (laughs) and it's back to california again and (laughs) i feel bad we always just pick on california (laughs) man oh man it's one of those type things like every neighborhood has that person that dresses a certain way and then everybody just stops what they're doing is like i can't believe this person is actually coming out the house dressed like that looking like that (laughs) you know what i'm saying that's california 
I know. You know, and if you would have told me that without showing me that article, I would have been like, I don't know about that one. <laughs> and I would have to make a few phone calls out to California to find out for myself. <laughs> but this right here actually blew my mind just sitting here reading it over the past 10 minutes, you know, and, know. and this is from the Associated Press, <laughs> you know, and legit news it, <laughs> yeah, it's a legit news source. It is. California won't require parents with guns to tell schools. When did that become a criteria and why? Why? That's the important question. Yeah. So, but once again, like I say, Rockstar came up with it. She found it. You know, like, you got to be, you, are you really serious right now? <laughs> like, this is crazy. You know, and, this is crazy. Um, it, it truly is. It truly is. And, I'm going to put these news articles in the show notes so everybody can click on them and see for themselves everything we're talking about, where we're getting this stuff from, you know, so it's legit news sources, but I mean, wow, you want to give the people the backstory of this? <laughs> like, I'm still amazed. By it. Oh, well, it was, so the interesting thing like okay so basically there was a bill that was um trying to require parents to disclose if they had firearms in their house for you know for where their kid went to school which is california they are i always feel it's like florida has florida man and then california has california (laughs) politics it's like (laughs) it's on its own realm right it's its own thing (laughs) And just don't ask questions. <laughs> just keep walking. <laughs> um, but anyway, so the the idea was that you know these um, <laughs> these parents would have to tell their schools where their kids attended if they had a gun in their house, which is, in my opinion, a huge overreach and has nothing to do with education. And it doesn't really matter. That's like, okay, like, what else are you going to ask what's in my house? You know, like, do you care how many cats I have? Like, are you worried about, uh, you know, what medications people are taking? Um, What about how many TVs they have in their house? How brainwashed are they? Like, I think there's a lot of other things that maybe the government should be asking questions about versus firearms. but anyway, it was kind of a cool instance where the uh, the ACLU, and I'm not a big ACLU fan. I feel like every so often, they're kind of like, in my mind, they're like Bill Maher. Every so often, they're like right on the money, but 90% of the time, what they're saying, I don't agree with. Um, they actually um, joined forces with the NRA, and they were on the same page kind of rallying against this bill and saying it was overreach and that, you know, it really is just, uh, it has no place in our, our state. Like, we don't need to pass a law like this. Um, and even the, uh, this part was kind of interesting. It said, um, even after Democratic Senator Anthony uh, Portantino promised to drastically amend the bill if it survived a committee vote. Um, he and supporters said that it could help prevent mass shootings and other firearms tragedies, but only two of the seven members of the panel voted for it. So it did not have a lot of traction. It, but I'm like, who are the other two people? Like, they need a good talking to as well. Like, where where do they think they're going? Um, and again, like this whole idea of... Um, Oh, this like whole mass shooting thing. I mean, that just like, that's such a tiny, tiny, tiny 
percentage of what gun violence actually is. But, you know, it's it's the most reported on the media. This is a field day with it. Um, I say it's, it's been kind of quiet recently. I don't, I don't feel like there's been uh, any like mass shooting headlines. So I'm sure those will ramp up as the mid terms get closer but it's kind of quiet right now but um yeah it's just like it's crazy to me so i just um i don't actually think any of that gets to the root of the problem and again like people just don't like if you don't understand that the democrats are trying to control your children and like make them a you know basically a a part of the state like wake up and i i just you know and i was a democrat for several years and when i was younger and i really championed a lot of liberal and feminist causes and things like that and i'm like oh my gosh like these people want to destroy the nuclear family they want to destroy the second amendment they want to destroy uh freedom of speech they want to destroy the biological female there is nothing good on their agenda right now and this is just another thing of them trying to have complete control of society really from the time your child is born until I don't know you're on social security and completely dependent on them like it's just none of it is good none of these people who are quote-unquote liberal are, are for freedom they're not for liberty they're not for they're, they're for control they are you know very useful authoritarians for the state and I'm not saying and I you know it's not every democrat obviously but when you look at the bigger picture of what the agenda that a lot of these liberal and uh, democratic people are pushing for, none of it is for freedom. And I think that's something to just take pause with and really ask, you know, well, if I'm for freedom, why am I supporting these people who aren't for freedom? Well, everything is a slippery slope, as we already stated beforehand. And even going to school, because if you let that get away, what could be next right right is there a bible in your house or is there a quran in your house right you know what i'm saying um do you drink red cap milk or blue cap milk right you know what i'm saying and then it goes into other things so that's that's a slippery slope right there and somebody actually seen that and that's probably why it got stopped where it got stopped at because somebody thought it was a great idea and they're doing the right thing and we're going to make this place a better place and you're not thinking it all the way through, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because yeah, what's that? Oh, Einstein theory for every action there's an equal and opposite reaction. <laughs> right. And <laughs> what you think you might be suppressing a certain group of people is going to backlash and come back and bite you. Big time. You know what I'm saying? So um, a lot of people don't thoroughly think things out. Right. Oh, they but, have good intentions, but they don't think about the consequences. No, I don't think that was a good intention at all. Because <laughs> the consequences behind that, yeah, that was a railroad, you know, waiting to derail fast. <laughs> you know, so, um, but no, the, the intentions behind that wasn't that good. That wasn't yeah. good. It's just somebody thought it was a great idea. Right. But they thought they was associated with somebody else and they was trying to align with somebody else. So more than likely it was a millionaire somewhere in that play, you oh. know, that was going to funnel some money into whatever for something. Right. But then shortly behind that one, I wouldn't be surprised the redlining wouldn't come back into play mm -hmm. again. 
you know what I'm saying? <laughs> because well, we already know elections are coming up. So look at how everything is starting to play. So as we already stated beforehand, it, to me, it goes back to greed. Greed and power because the money is not far behind. You know, but that's my take on it right there. So, but um, let's go ahead and um, hop into this commercial break and get ready to do this interview with Rod Mills from Jacksonville, Florida, who actually owns Scorched Earth Firearms. So if you went on Instagram and Facebook, you saw that I posted a business card and a sticker that he gave me. And he's going to tell his story as to why he sent me a business card and a sticker. Right. But then again, me and Rod go back a couple of years and we are friends and we have legit conversations three or four times a week. All right. So he's one of my buddies. I really do enjoy talking with him. And I don't know why I didn't ask him to come onto the podcast earlier because we legitly laugh and have great conversations on the phone. <laughs> And we talk everything, guns, politics, and he got some crazy neighbors and legitly he got neighbors like they would sit out there and blow leaves in each other's yard, call the cops on each other and almost get in a fight. <laughs> he posted that one day on Facebook. I just died laughing. But um, like I said, we're going to bring all the conversations and fun points with him into this next segment of the show. But if everyone will, please head on over to um, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, and do a search for at M underscore W tactical. Give me a like, follow, subscribe, whatever it offers you for that platform, or just do a search for at M underscore W tech. Did I already say that? Am I losing my mind? <laughs> No, you said just find you on all the platforms. Okay, yeah, okay. So find me on all the platforms and do a search for at M underscore W tactical and head on over to Instagram, click on the link in the bio and that link in the bio, that link tree, it will take you to everything that I do or head on over to m-wtactical.com and click on follow me and it's the same thing on that page. It has everything that I'm linked to and you can come in and join the conversations and have fun. Now, I will tell everybody I am more active on Instagram, but one of my sponsors, JM4 Tactical in particular, he kept trying to push me to do TikTok, and I'm like, I don't got enough time to do TikTok. <laughs> you know, I got some training to do. You know, I got to work on that draw. I got to work on some foot, you know, mechanics with the feet. I don't have time to play on TikTok all day. <laughs> So, but you can find me more active on Instagram and Facebook. Now, of course, if you want to follow Rockstar and talk with Rockstar on social media, you can do so at. Well, you can only find me on Instagram right now. I gave up Facebook for Lent. I don't even really celebrate Lent. I'm a Christian, but that's like a Catholic thing. But I was raised Catholic. Right. But I was like, I need a break. And I was like, oh, I guess I can take 40 days off and say it's for Lent. And I actually don't even know if I'm going to go back. I don't miss it. I thought I'd miss it, but I'm just kind of like, mm, I sort of like my little space on Instagram. So you can find me at Rockstar Burst, B-E-R-S-T. Uh, I don't post a lot on my actual page, but I'm very active in my stories. Um, you can watch that video segment that I did. Um, earlier this week so that's up there but um yeah i mostly hope so maybe someday i'll go back to it i had these big visions of like oh yeah i'm gonna have this really great grid and it's gonna be all you know 
laid out nice and be very aesthetically pleasing. And I'm like, eh, I just posted my stories. <laughs> it's way easier. <laughs> That's funny. But um, yeah, so I will tell you this though, that my dad and my dad's side of the family was Catholic. My mom and her side of the family were Christian. So I don't know how that actually formulated right there. But I never done anything on the Catholic side of things as far as religion. But I did go to my grandfather's funeral, which was Catholic based. Mm-hmm. It was kind of weird for me because I didn't know what to do. I was just looking at everybody and just mimicking what everybody else was doing. I know. It's <laughs> not like kneeling and shaking hands. And yeah, it was, yeah, it weird. was pretty weird. It was pretty weird, but you know, it is what it is. It's life. So, so um, let's go ahead and dive into this commercial break and come on back and have a conversation with Rob Mills and hear what he has going on down there in Florida. And maybe we can just tell them to keep all that mess down there so <laughs> it doesn't spread, you know, but you know how we do it. But if you will, please take this time and go ahead and refresh your drinks, utilize the restrooms, and come on back. And here are a few words from our sponsors. Hey, this is Brian. Thank you so much for listening to the N-W Tactical Podcast. Michael has been a great supporter of Hunters HD Gold, and it's my pleasure to be a support for his podcast as well. Make sure you check out the Hunters HD Gold website for prescription orders and also custom orders where you can use your own frame for your Hunters HD Gold lenses. Or if you want to try the new Hunters HD Ruby, we have information there as well. Because we always use in Trivex lenses as our base material, and all our lenses are photochromic. So they change so you don't have to. So thank you again for listening to the N-W Tactical Podcast, and we'll see you at the range soon. JM4 Tactical has developed a state-of-the-art polymer holster that will quickly become your go-to holster. With high-quality hermit oak leather, securely sewn to the interior of the molded outer Bolteron shell, your draw becomes silent and no more scratches up and down your firearm. When seconds count, you can rest assured that you will have the upper hand when you need it most. Whether you carry open or concealed, the Relic Holster is available in four different models, fitting over hundreds of different style guns. The new reliable, easy, light, individual carry holster by JM4 Tactical. Order your Relic today at jm4tactical.com. What's up, good people? Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please, go visit the M-W Tactical store at www.m-wtactical.com forward slash store and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for M-W Tactical. All right, good people. We're back at it again. And thank you for sitting through that commercial break. And as we stated before the commercial break, we was going to bring my buddy on Rod Mills out of Jacksonville, Florida. Now, as I kind of hinted earlier in the show, me and Rod Mills been friends for years. And I'm gonna let him tell that story. So you're not hearing everything from me. But 
as I also stated that me and Rod, we talk to each other about two or three times a week, but we legitly have real conversations. A lot of the conversations, majority of the conversations really are about firearms. The rest of it is everyday life. But once or twice a month, we always talk about his neighbors. So <laughs> we gonna have to bring that up in conversation also. <laughs> but without further ado, I would like to bring on my buddy, my friend, Rod Mills, the owner of Scorched Earth Firearms Training out of Jacksonville, Florida. So Rod Mills, what's going on with you there, my man? Oh, man, just living life, man. Just living the dream. And as a lot of people say, you know, life has been good for me. Right. Uh, business has been good for me, man. And I look forward to uh, seeing you at the uh, NRA uh, annual meetings uh, in May. Oh, yeah. So like I said, that's the plan on being there as of now. But there's something else in the works going on. But okay. I don't know how this is going to transpire because it's not me. It's another company. And I might be pulled to the side, but I don't know yet. So I will find out by the end of next week what the deal is. All right. We'll, we'll look and see. We'll, hopefully I'll be able to see you. But if not, you know, I'm going to make it do what it do. Yeah, man, you and, got uh, to. You got yeah, to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So from the beginning, can you tell the people who is Rob Mills and how do you remember us first meeting? All right. So, uh, I mean, I'm nobody special, man. I mean, I, um, I got a, uh, army, I'm an army vet, um, was in the, uh, Alabama national guard, military police officer. Uh, now I, I'm a firearms instructor, uh, actually been doing the firearms instructor legitimately as they say with everything on paper, uh, for the last, since what, 2016. But, um, actually I've been instructing people for a, I would say at least the last 10 years, um, you know, when people just come to me and say, hey, man, can you help me at the range? Can you meet me at the range? And so I said, hey, you know what? I may want to get paid for this, you know? So uh, with your help, um, it actually, uh, you actually got me, you know, started down the road of the, the uh, legit road of, you know, getting all my correct paperwork in and uh getting my uh website and everything set up i appreciate you on that exactly but um but also man we met um at uh nra in dallas i believe right correct in 2018 correct yeah yeah mm -hmm. and uh it was um it was amazing man because i met you when i met like it seems like all the other black people that was at the at the NRA meeting, we all got in one place at one time, and man, we took like this this uh, huge photo, and man, and we all it was really, you know, the one thing I can say about it, it was really pure mm -hmm. uh, with the, the love that we had. Um, not saying that it isn't now, but things have changed. But I will say that um, uh, for that brief instance. Man, we had a good time um, just talking and, you know, getting to meet everybody. Because, you know, a lot of you guys, man, I had, uh, you know, seen um, on the uh, Internet, on YouTube, never had met you guys. And then, you know, for me, it was, you know, it was really cool for me to be able to meet you guys at the, uh, the annual meeting. So 
met you guys, man. We all hung out, man. And, um, man, we had a really good time. It went actually me and a couple of guys, we went and get, had some, uh, barbecue, um, which was, it was all right. I thought Texas barbecue was going to be a little bit better, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, man, it was actually the, the off campus or off convention things, um, was really good at, in Dallas. So I'm, you know, I'm hoping, um, things will be similar to that in Houston. Um, but man, it was, it was really cool meeting you guys and just been, uh, forming, uh, lifelong, as we say, friendships. Um, and then, you know, like I say, uh, you've helped me with a whole lot of different things, you know, when it comes to the, uh, technical part of, uh, getting myself out there and marketing myself. So it was pretty good doing that. Yeah. So to let everybody else in on the gap that he's about to skip over, um, what actually ended up taking place when we was at the NRA meeting, we actually exchanged phone numbers and we stayed in touch. Yeah. And then over the course of years, like I said, um, but Rod has always called me. It wasn't just like, Hey man, I got a question about this. It was always like, Hey man, I'm just calling to check up on you to make sure you're good and yeah. just chat with you for a little bit. So that's pretty much how our friendship started. And then later on, he hit me up on some business stuff. So I kind of guided him and asked to what to do far as business to point him in the right direction. He ran off with that. And then um, next thing you know, Rod started doing um, Hank Strange's um, podcast on a regular basis. And then when I started doing Hank Strange's podcast on a regular basis, then we would cross path on the shows because um, his wife is the one that actually um, adjusted the talent on the show. And every now and then they'll put me and Rod together. But um, we used to cut up on the show and have a great time, great laughs. Um, yep. But like I said, um, I always enjoyed myself when I was around Rod Mills. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. You know, it's just keeping it real, man. I'm, I'm, I'm real people, man. I mean, yeah. you know, the one thing that we, you know, we don't just have actually one thing in common. We got a lot of things in common, you know. Uh, firearms is our, our love, you know. Um, but, you know, man, you know, a lot of times you just want to talk to people uh, just about life in general. And I can honestly say it's not too many people in the firearms world that I can actually say I had a conversation just about life with, you know. So, um, you know, that's the key thing that you want to be able to, um, uh, you know, have bond, grow bonds with folks because you never know when you may need that person, uh, that person may need you, you know, so you always want to make sure that you, um, you know, you've been build bonds and friendships. Those are the key things there. Right. Um, one thing you pointed out to me, and I really didn't pay much attention to it until you brought it to my attention. And um, one thing Rod used to always say to me at the beginning of our first um, beginning of our friendship was, man, you are so laid back. I didn't think you were going to be this cool, <laughs> right? And I was yeah, like, dude, I'm just yeah. a regular person, man. Right? I'm just being myself. And he was just like, nah, man, you are actually real and cool. Like, I, I can't believe like how you are. And I was like, I'm just being myself. That's the only thing I know. Yeah. Later on, you came back and we had a conversation and this was probably about a year later. So this was about 2020, about this time frame, And you said you discovered that a lot of people without saying any names are not as real as you thought they were. 
that's true. true. Yeah. So you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Well, I mean, more so it was like, hey, if you're not spending money with me, uh, if I can't um, grow off of you uh, or if you're not investing in me, then, you know, I don't really have anything to do with you. And, you know, the sad part about that is that, you know, we as African-American or black and brown instructors, we're in a minority as- oh, Let me as stop you right there. You mean we as Americans? Well, I mean, we as yeah, Americans. There you go, yeah. take the color out okay. of it. It's we as Americans, because right. I didn't go to no other country other than this true. is where I was born. <laughs> true. All right, true. so go ahead. But also, <laughs> we look at each, there's a, 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 also a bond there mm -hmm. when it comes to black and brown instructors that also, because we actually go through or have been through some of the same things Right. uh in um the firearms industry you know and and i'm gonna tell you this man uh whether it be someone that looks like me or someone that doesn't look like me um you know i even just recently uh wanted to get instructors together do a a, a podcast and just have a real talk you know share things that they're going through maybe we can learn off of each other you know and then also maybe we can get somebody in the audience that may be able to learn off of us as well but you know you actually are one of the few people that actually said hey yeah when, when do you want to do it mm -hmm. everybody else is like well okay well what did i get out of it? you know and i'm like it's not it's not for us to really get out anything financially with. It's for us to be able to uh, bond, have a real, just a, a conversation, you know, and nowadays we, uh, because of the distance and, you know, with different things that are going on in the world, uh, we have to do it, um, you know, by Zoom or by electronic or uh, means like that. So, but the, but the, the main thing is this, just getting everybody together sharing their experiences as an instructor and then you know maybe we can actually learn from each other and then maybe somebody in the audience can learn from us so you know that's the one thing that i really wanted to uh, accomplish just a, a real sit down and it doesn't even have to be with men it could be with women you know uh, i just wanted to get good people together to you know really just have a conversation yeah, and that's something um, Rod and I was talking about. Some of the things I said on the podcast that I was working on behind the scenes, That's this is one of the things I was working on um, because this isn't something you can just think of and put put it out there. You have to put thought into it. The timing has to be somewhat right, and then you have to run with it. So this is what we're, we're working on, and we're actually going to do this, and it's going to come to a fruitation, um, possibly – closer to the end of the year or maybe sometime next year, but be on the lookout for this conversation that Rod is talking about. And we're going to be on this and make it fun and make it great. Yeah. And yeah. Um, man, but, my, my thing, to be honest with you, in a perfect world, man, we can sit and go in there and tell jokes, have a good time. You know, it doesn't have to, everything doesn't have to be, oh man, I'm just serious. I'm tense. No, it doesn't have to be like that, man. It could be, cause that's not me. All right. No. I mean, I like to have a good time. Okay. Um, you know, even when I'm teaching my classes, I tell folks, hey, safety first, we're going to learn, but 
We're going to enjoy ourselves while we're out here. That's the main reason for us being here. I mean, nobody's coming out here to, to you know, have the blood pressure go up or mm-hmm. or anything, you know, be all tense. Hey, we want to have a good time, you know, so that's the main thing that, that I promote. Yeah. Now, another thing to back up on something you had said earlier, um, I've always opened up conversations for anybody and there's been a few people who tried me on that and they called me and I don't know who they were and we just sat there we talked for like two hours on the telephone Mm -hmm. you know I'm saying but that's how I was raised also so if you took the time to say something to me I should be able to take the time to listen and engage with you right I'm saying I was always raised like that so that's something that's stuck with me throughout life Mm -hmm. you know now um let me ask you this one Outside of our interaction and business talk, and now that you started your business, let's back up before all of that. But I want you to tell me what got you into firearms. Um, you know, really, man, I had to really think. Somebody else asked me that question. I really had to think about it, and actually, my buddies growing up. Um, in the neighborhood, man, we would, I lived in a neighborhood where it was all boys. Okay. Mm-hmm. And man, we would all have, um, and this, we're talking about the, the really early, early eighties, late seventies. Um, we would all have BB guns. And so, man, we would go around the neighborhood and man, we, uh, catch squirrels, you know, <laughs> eat them up, you know, Robins, eat them, you know, man, we, nowadays, you, I, you couldn't pay me to do that, but, you know, I was a kid, so we didn't know any better, so, man, we would all just walk up and down the street, nowadays, you can't do that, okay, but we would all have BB guns, and, you know, especially when Christmas time came along, everybody would get their, you know, get a new BB gun, or somebody always got a, a BB gun that, everybody else didn't have that was more powerful or, or then we we upgraded to pellet guns and then you know i guess life happened um i um you know i got older um you know was in high school junior high, uh well middle or junior high school then went to college and then you know through all of those years you know i lost interest in um uh, guns or anything but I had a good buddy of mine that actually got me back into it. Matter of fact, it was a roommate, my roommate. He he was like, man, he was like um, getting guns back in like the early 90s when we lived in Alabama. And um, he's the one that actually got me back into it. I'm like, man, you know, I like that gun. I, I like guns so much that, you know, but I had been awake for so long that, man, I never get my first gun was a uh a high point. And um, I got the high point because I thought it looked like a Glock. You know, needless to say, people say, well, how a Glock looks nothing like a high. Well, to me, it did. Okay. So I got a high point and um, I think it was a, I can't remember if it was nine millimeter or 40, to be honest with you. It was so long ago. Uh, but um, at some point, man, I went and pawned it and got another, oh yeah, I went and got a, a Jimenez. Okay, so <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, hey, when you're, when you're in college and you know, money is uh, scarce, you know, you'll get any type of good, okay? So I think I got a Jimenez 380. 
Uh, and then um, there, there was another, ooh, I'll say maybe 15 years where I didn't, I didn't have a gun. Um, but uh, I know what it got, I know what got me back into it, man. Uh, in 2009, uh, the apartment complex that I lived in, we had had a lot of um, uh, break-ins, uh, home invasions. And so it was a storm happening one night and I was in my bedroom in the bed and there was a big boom at my door. I thought it was somebody trying to kick the door in. Uh, so the first thing I grabbed, and actually at that time, I didn't even have a gun. Uh, the first thing I grabbed was a, uh, a broom. And I went to the door and actually it was a tree that had hit my door and it had been blown down. But I had a uh, moment of clarity and I said, man, you know what? If somebody really was trying to get in here and I would be dead because I got a broom, you know, a broom is not going to save your life. Okay. Unless you know, you can easily, you know, you're some type of Kung Fu master and I'm not a, a Kung Fu master. So that next week I went and bought, um, I think it was a, uh, the Springfield XD40. Uh, I bought that. It was either the Springfield XD40 or I think it was the, the XD. Uh, so uh, then when he got my uh, concealed weapons license and then find out that a good close friend of mine that lived here in Florida, he actually was with a couple other guys that like guns. They were like, man, you want to come to the range? I'm like, you know, I've never been to a, a shooting range except for when I was in the military. And he said, yeah, man, come on out. They invited me out. And then, you know, everything blew up from that point there. Okay. And then it was like, okay, all right, man, I'm really into this now. And so um, the love that I've had since I was a kid, uh, you know, has been reinstalled back into me. Now it's, it's like, you know, hey, you know, I can afford to get guns now. And now it's like, man, you know what? I'm addicted, you know? And not only am I addicted, I'm addicted to shooting, but I'm also addicted to instructing and training and coaching. So, you know, I tell anybody, man, that, you know, I can do, I can be an instructor for free. Okay. Not many instructors are, are even going to even say that, but I, I'm, I can do it for free because I love doing it, you know, right. and that's the key thing there, man. When you love doing something, man, you don't really care if you get paid or not. You just love doing it. So exactly. that's, that's what it is with me. Now, what prompted you to become an instructor because you actually told me your exact words and hit a few miss a few words here or there mm -hmm. i want to be an instructor i just don't want to be on your level and do it on social media and youtube but i just want to be an instructor right so actually i had a buddy of mine that was going through um uh florida uh, state trooper academy and um he was um you know man smart guy uh had all this stuff down as far as the the book work and everything but he said hey man i'm struggling uh, to you know get my um 
pistol scores up because uh, he he really wanted to be the honor uh, student of the class. And I said, man, well, just meet me at the range. And he's the one really that said, man, you know what? You need to be getting paid to do this. And so we went to the range and um, got him trained up, gave, you know, one thing I believe is this, if you come into the range and you got everything that, you know, pretty much that you're going to need uh, to be successful, I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel, okay? I'm going to just tweak, tweak a couple little things here and there. And then, you know, at that point, you know, you should be good. And that's really what we did, man. I tweaked a little thing here, there, uh, trigger squeeze, you know, breathing, you know, that sort of thing, stance. And he went from, you know, he was actually jerking the trigger, you know, went over that and coached him up on that. And that guy graduated on a, on a grad um, from uh, F Florida State Trooper uh, Academy. So, you know, and at that point, um, he actually really started telling a lot of other law enforcement uh, buddies of his, you know, uh, what I can do. And they started coming to me. And, you know, at that point, I was like, hey, man, just give me what you you think, you, you know, some folks will give you like $25, $30, you know, I'm like, hey, I was cool. It was like tips for me. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> and then, then when you get to the point where, you know, you're in the business part of it, then it's like, okay, you know, when people start canceling out on you and stuff, I'm like, hey, look, you know, I got to, I got to really make this to where it's a business now. Okay. Right. So, uh, and then I also got an organization is key to me. If I'm not organized, uh, my life is haywire. So the one thing with me is that once I got organized with uh, with everything, um, you know, with my website and, you know, my calendar, you know, because what you don't want to do is schedule somebody to meet you at the range and you're lying up in bed because you forgot that you had a, uh, uh, somebody, you know, schedule with you. So, you know, once I got my organization and all that good stuff and got the business aspect of everything down, Man, you know, it's, it's running like, you know, a fine-tuned engine right now, you know. And then I am going to say this. I don't know if I even told you this, but I've actually gotten into the um, uh, the public uh, thing of this. Not so the YouTube part, but, you know, meeting with city council members, uh, meeting with diff different people from different organizations. Matter of fact, I got a, a class I'm doing um, week after next um with the uh uh black republic um uh, uh club here in jacksonville whereas i'm gonna go out to them and show them gun safety because uh unfortunately uh, there are too many minorities out there that do not know the type of th information that we can provide to them and i'm gonna provide that information for them you know how to be safe shooting you know uh for um farm rules, you know, you know, how and where you can carry a gun, you know, and um, carrying a gun in the holster, you know, inside the waistband, outside the waistband, you know, all of that good stuff, I'm going to go ahead and just give to them, okay, um, you know, but I would tell you this, you know, if somebody's doing something from their heart, if they do it with no cost, you know, mm -hmm. You know, if you do, if you go and say, hey, man, don't worry about it. You know, the fact that I got people that's going to expose me, uh, my business to other folks is all I needed to know. OK, right. so 
meeting these guys agreed, hey, you know, um, I want to I, I want to be able to teach you guys, and that's the key thing there. So, teaching and instructing and and coaching more so. I'm more of a coach than an instructor. It, it, I think I'd like to say that, but you know, I just enjoy doing what I do. All right. So- now we got the the whole training aspect. What interests you, all right? And we already know you as cool as a fan, mm-hmm. right? I like talking with you. I like hanging out with you. But now our friendship goes even deeper. And it goes so deep that you brought me into your neighborhood virtually mm-hmm. and your neighbors were going at it. <laughs> <laughs> this is some sitcom <laughs> stuff right here, man. Yeah, man. man. They um, I got two neighbors that. Well, I got one. It's really one neighbor, right? right. But he gets into it with the other neighbor. Okay, mm-hmm. and what he does is, um, he has a leaf blower, and what he does is he goes and blows all the leaves out of his yard in his driveway into the middle of the street okay so the neighbor next to him um he he's like okay so the neighbor next to him has like he, he's that that neighbor that has the best prune yard I guess he would get yarded uh the month every month if we had a contest like that uh, so he sees that and so what he does is you know what I'm going to go ahead and blow these leaves right back into your yard. Like for me, um, if I have, uh, I got a tree, a couple of several trees in my yard. And what I do is this, because I've never, ever liked yard work, even when I was a kid. Uh, so what I'll do is I, I, I believe in working smart, not hard. So I'll blow the leaves, my own leaves back into my yard. I got a mulching lawnmower. You know what I do? I go in and roll that lawnmower over those leaves, mulch it. They fall back into the grass. Hey, I ain't lifting my finger to, to rake not one leaf, okay? But this guy, what he'll do is he'll get, and it's not like a little bit of leaves. It's like a whole bag worth of leaves, a big garden bag worth of leaves. And he'll blow them right in the middle of the street. So when you're, the cars, when your cars are going by, you're, driving through leaves like you know then it's like damn that like you're going through a forest so you know these guys are out there you know it was so funny uh because this was really at the height of covid and um so everybody you know everybody's working from home at that time these guys out there in the middle of the rain <laughs> blowing wow. each other's leaves they're actually having leaf battles man and i'm like I'm like, man, this is ridiculous. So I said, I got to get this on TV. I mean, on film, rather. So I went ahead and, man, filmed it, man. And it was, when I tell you, man, that was, um, I posted that. I think that video went viral. Actually, I posted a couple of videos. And they went viral, man. It was like, everybody was like, man, what in the world is going on with these dudes? So, yeah, man, it's, um it, it, it has been crazy. Now, they actually have calmed down somewhat lately uh, because of uh, restraining orders. They, yeah, they, had even, they even got restraining orders on each other, man. And I'm wow. like, man, this is crazy. But what started uh, the bad blood, though? Uh, the bad blood got started because the one guy, the guy with the nice yard, um, 
he has uh, a wife and kids and they all have uh, cars. And now keep in mind, the car is parked on, you know, on the side of the road, you know, but in the street, but it's parked maybe about half a car's length in front of his property line, okay? And I'm like, and then he doesn't like that. He goes crazy off of that. And that's what actually got that started, man. So I'm like, none, none of them work. One's retired fire guy. I don't know what the other guy that ever did. I know he's never worked, you know, so. Right. But, um, or he hadn't worked since he's lived in the neighborhood. But yeah, man, it's, it, it, when I saw that that day, man, I that made my day there. I mean, because, you know, it, it, it was one of the most funniest things I ever seen. I mean, I'd never seen anything like that. You know, I'm from the hood, man. I ain't never seen nothing like that. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, man, this this right here, this that thing cracked me up, man, when I saw that. Man, yeah. So when you actually sent me that clip the first time and we was talking about it, I was like, yo, man, this is too funny right here. <laughs> so yeah, it was man. one of those type things. So I was like, man, yeah, you you definitely need to record that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this next segment, um, before we jump into some more questions, I like to call quick fire. Okay. All right. So quick fire is you don't have time to think about it. You just rattle off the first thing that comes to your mind between the two questions. Okay. Right? So because we're not face-to-face, -face, we can't make it more interesting. So it's just fast as you can okay. get it. All right. Gotcha. So um, you can't say both. All right. You got to say one or the other. All right. All right. And you can explain why if you want to. That's up okay. to you. Right. But okay. then again, if it's interesting enough for me, I might ask the reason why for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, why did you do that? Sure. All right. All right. So first question. All right. First of all, are you ready? I'm ready. All right, here we go. First question. Loyalty or respect? Loyalty. Handgun or AR? Just whatever you say. Handgun. Okay. Full size or compact? Compact. <laughs> yeah, 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 compact. All right. One in the chamber or not? Oh yeah, image we are definitely one in the chamber. Okay. Um, iron sights or red dot? Ooh, red dot. Yes, mm. red dot. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, Smith and Wesson or Glock? <laughs> Glock. <laughs> over the ear or in the ear here in protection? Uh, over the ear. All right. Open carry or concealed carry? Concealed. Okay. Um, stock sites or fiber optic sites? Uh, let's go with stock. Kydex or leather holster? Oh, Kydex, definitely. Um, flashlight or no flashlight on oh, yeah, the firearm? Flashlight, flash, flashlight all day. Okay. Uh, safety or no safety? Uh, no safety. Your this is your safety. And this is your safety, okay. you know, so. Now, for those who are listening to us, instead of watching it on um, the streaming platform, YouTube or Spotify, mm -hmm. he was pointing at his head, meaning his brain and his finger. And his yeah. safety. All right. Um, SHOT Show or NRA? 
never been to SHOT Show, so I got to say NRA all day. Okay. All right. Um, would you rather be a student or an instructor? Every instructor should be a student anyway, so a student. Okay. All right. Indoor range or outdoor range? Outdoor all day. Man, nothing like smelling gunpowder in like maybe in Florida, like early November, when mm -hmm. the dew is setting off of the um, on the grass. Mm -hmm. it, unless you were maybe in the military or you shot a lot in uh, outdoor range, you probably wouldn't know what I'm talking about. But that, man, it reminds me so much of you know, being a uh, private in in army, going out to the range, going out to shoot, and just smelling that on uh, that gunpowder, you know, out there, man, it just does something to me. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm -hmm. All right, um, speed or accuracy? You know, we talked about this in um, in uh, the uh, Scott Jedlinski's class. I was in his class recently, uh, Modern Samurai. Um, um warrior mm -hmm. and um you know they said that you know you could be fast all you want to but if you're not accurate then you're dead so i'm gonna have to say accuracy okay all right so now here's the question we're, we're done with quick fire okay we're done with quick fire so what is your favorite handgun you mean favorite that I've shot or favorite that I would like to, to own? However you want to perceive it, what is your favorite firearm? Uh, I would definitely probably have to say, uh, ooh, maybe the uh, Staccato. Okay. Uh, the the one with the, uh, I think it's QC, the one with the compensator at the end, built-in compensator. Um, mm -hmm. I fell in love that with that uh, a guy that was in my class, um, he um, he had one. I'm like, oh man, that thing is nice, you know? <laughs> but of course that's like a four $4,000 gun also, yeah, four or five grand. So, you know, I'm like, eh, I don't think I want to pay that much, you know, for it. But, um, but yeah, man, that thing is nice, real yeah. nice. So for those who are listening, who don't know what a staccato is, not, it's nothing more than um, a 2011 firearm. When I say 2011, it's a 1911 um, operating system, but the 2011 makes it whereas the grip is wider, and instead of the magazine being single stack, it's double stack, like a conventional um, and low recoil like, and a low okay. recoil. Yep. Yeah, man. So um, it's a nice gun. So they changed it. Well, they changed their company name, right? It is now Staccato, mm -hmm. but it, it used to be. Um, STI. Yep. So um, if you got an STI, you have a staccato. <laughs> That's how you got to look at it. Yeah. All right. So um, what's new or what's coming up for Rod Mills in the upcoming year? Man, you know what? I'm glad you said that. Um, I actually have been offering just um, I, I'm starting a uh, beginner's uh, rifle class. Uh, AR platform only. only. Um, it's not a tactical class. It's for those folks that bought themselves an AR-15, don't know how to do anything with it. So I'm going to teach you how to zero it. I'm going to show you how to take it apart, uh, clean it, 
uh, just a little, the basic level things on it. Um, I had my first uh, AR uh, class last weekend and with the uh, grandfather and his grandson. And man, it was um, very, very good. I mean, the, the grandson, man, he came with his AR-22. Um, man, that kid was, once I, once I got them actually, uh, and actually he did, I actually did the um, uh, dialing in, but the, the grandson did the actual shooting. And I mean, he was shooting at 50 yards uh, sub MOA. Um, and, you know, I'm like, man, that's pretty good, you know? Right. So he, he, he has it. And, you know, the one thing I do, I love seeing um, kids uh, shoot and I love seeing them enjoy uh, the art of shooting um, uh, handguns or rifles. So, you know, for me, that actually was, um, that was actually a pretty rewarding for me. Um, and then he actually outshot his granddad, to be honest with you, because granddad had a, a AR. Um, but, you know, yeah, it was good just watching that. Okay. Um, now, um, if the people want to come train with you or just find out anything that you're doing, how can the good people reach out to you? Uh, you can, uh, my website is uh, uh, com. Uh, you can, uh, if you actually go to Google, um, I'm probably, gonna, I'm definitely going to come up uh, in there. You can find me on Facebook, uh, Scorched Earth Farms Training. Uh, you can find me on the gram, as they say, <laughs> uh, Scorched underscore Earth underscore Farms. Um, I've actually, I'm not, I just got into the Instagram thing maybe about, ooh, maybe a year ago. Um, because it was told to me, I think by you, that I need to get an Instagram page. Uh, <laughs> I've, been, I've been against Instagram for the longest. So <laughs> when you got the Instagram page and um, man, the only thing I do on there is just kind of really just post my the pictures that I, um, you know, my classes and everything. But uh, if you go to um, Google and you put my information in, you'll see I think as of today, I probably got maybe over five, 600 pictures uh, on there of my different classes I've, I've taught. So, yeah. There you have it right there. So, um, so what's your Instagram handle one more time? Uh, scorched underscore firearms underscore earth. No, I'm sorry. Scratch that. Scorched underscore earth underscore firearms. There you go. That's it. Yeah, so head on over to Instagram and Facebook and check out my buddy Rod Mills and give him a like, a follow, and tell him what you think about training. And if you want to go down there to Jacksonville, Florida, hit him up and do some firearm training, then go hit the beach. Yeah. <laughs> Where you know, have fun. Yeah. That's two times the fun there in Florida. Definitely. Definitely. Yep. So I want to um, thank you, Rod, for coming on to the show. And uh, we're going to bring you back on probably next season okay. and um, continue the conversation and let everybody hear our fun that we be having <laughs> through oh, communication. Man. Yeah, man. I mean, matter of fact, I, 
to be honest with you, we hardly ever even talk about firearms, man, when we yeah. get on the phone. So yeah, that's true. Unless it's something, <laughs> something big that's happened, man. But other than that, man, you know, just really just two dads talking on the phone about life a lot of times. <laughs> yeah, that's what it really comes down to. <laughs> exactly. All right. So um, once again, though, I want to thank you for coming on to the show. And um, and we will continue our conversation off of the podcast, as we always do. But for everybody else, um, thank you again for listening. And just remember, if you will, head on over to Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Just go to Google and type in M-W Tactical or do a search for at M underscore W Tactical and follow me through my 2A journey. You can also follow Rockstar by following her at Rockstar Burst. And then at the same time, go ahead and follow my buddy Rob Mills at Scorched Earth Firearms Training. Thank you. Yeah. So until next week, as we always say, keep shooting, keep practicing, and have fun. Y'all be safe out there now.